Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Joining me, Mr. Doug Christie. What's up, DC? Ham, what's happening, man? I am uh, maintaining, just uh, excited, watching this season begin to wane and some talent beginning to flourish. I I agree with all of that. Uh, I think we're all excited to see what the last 10 games of the season holds um, we're here at Golden One Center, actually. We, we haven't been able to record much lately. Uh, the Kings' schedule has been brutal. We've had scheduling conflicts. Um, but, you know, the first thing we're going to do here, Doug, is I was able to catch Mr. Mark Spears uh, from the Undefeated on the way to the train the other day. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a fun interview. He actually, he's been working with Vince Carter all season long on a series where Vince kind of is chronologizing his... Uh, his 20th NBA season and they've been going back and forth and uh, and so he had some good insight on Vince and what his future might be um, I do have about a minute of the interview that got uh, eaten in oh. the editing process oh. uh, but Mark J. Spears and uh, James Ham walking to the train station uh, we'll just start it off talking uh, about Vince Carter so I'm going to roll tape on that right now and me and Doug will be right back Definitely wants to play one more season. Okay. I don't know that it's in Sacramento, but he is enjoying mentoring the players, spending time with the players. I can see him as a coach. You know, he seems like he has the personality, the temperament, the intelligence, um, the big brother kind of uncle personality in him to be a coach. I've talked to him plenty of times about whether coach or or getting into television. Yeah, he's great on television. I think he wants to play one more year, but I think what it really comes down to is the TV offers that he's going to get because I think his route is going to be the route of television, at least initially. He may come back to coaching at some point, but just that's the general feel I get from him. And he sort of, it seems like he's working on his game, his, his media game, and sort of the focus of you know, what it takes to be a television personality. As opposed to what it takes to be a coach. Well, the thing is, is perhaps just as competitive now for players to get on TV as it is being an NBA coach. Um, this era that he is in, a lot of popular players with personalities. You know, you see Paul Pierce on TV now. You see Chauncey Billups, Jalen Rose, Hill, Chris Webber, Rose, Chris Webber, Shaq. Um, you know, there's just so many guys. If Kobe wanted to do it, obviously they'd find a path for him to do it. Uh, there's just so many guys like see Rip Hamilton. But Vince was so good that I believe if Vince wanted to do this when he's done, ESPN or would, would probably find a place for him. Yeah, I think that there will be somewhere. I mean, even NBC, you never know. Uh, we, we could always look at a Vince Carter signing. Um, we're here with Mark Spears. He is catching a train in downtown Sacramento, heading back to the city. Uh, 
Mark, you've been watching the tournament just like I've been watching the tournament. What stood out to you so far as far as the prospects that are going to be in this year's NBA draft or project to be in this NBA draft? Is there anyone that jumped off the page for you? Uh, as far as the NCAA guys, you know, I like Michael Porter a lot. I, I was certainly hurt, sad to see him get hurt. I think he's very, very talented. Um, perhaps, if healthy, the best player, even be, perhaps better than Luka Doncic. I saw him a lot at the uh, Hoop Summit last year in Portland. He was just outstanding. 6'11", stretch four, athletic, skilled. I really enjoyed watching him play, and I thought he could have played in the NBA this year if such were to, available. I mean, obviously, uh, the big fella from Duke's good. Um, yeah. Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley's good. Um, Doncic, people are high on him. He's not a he, – he's Slovenian, you know, yeah. so but getting ready for him. I don't know that he's for the Kings because you guys are kind of a glutton of shooting guards right now. But – He might be able to play the three. I think there's a big that certainly has a King's name written on it in this draft. Um, you know, you got Bamba from Texas. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton uh, is going to be high on the list. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a unique stretch five. Yeah. Who I think won't really help you immediately, but can help you long term. So I think as long as the Kings could stay you know, within that top six, you don't really need a guard, point guard either. You got no, that no. taken care of. So I'm not looking at the kid from Sexton from Alabama for yeah. you or or even Trey Young, who some people say could be Stephen Curry. Some people say could be uh, Jimmer, which Jimmer. Kings fans don't want to hear. I think he's more of a Lou Williams type, maybe. Yeah, you know? I could see that. Um, so I don't love him. Yeah, so I, I, I think that... Uh, I think that as long as the Kings can stay in the top six, yeah, I think they'll be a very good pick. But there's a lot of bad teams alongside the Kings right now with worse record that will have better draft odds. Now, what do you think about that? It seems like this season, more than any other season, there's a lot of tanking. There's a lot of teams that are sitting down around the 2021 win mark. I mean, we just saw Memphis drop 19 straight, clearly intentional. Um, where do you sit in that? Because it feels like the Kings aren't, I mean, they're not in it to win it, yeah. but they also are developing their young players and letting their young players grow. And if they win, they win. If they don't, it's understood. I, I like what the Kings are doing. I, I don't think you should force anything. Just because you have the number one pick doesn't mean you're going to get the best player or you're going to make the right selection. Look at folks. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure the Sixers could go back. And, you know, I, I don't typically like to judge uh, draft prospects till like their third year of course but he's had a dud of a first year and I'm sure there's some other players like the one playing point for the Kings right now that perhaps they would have liked to have yeah. um, but you know there's no guarantee that like think of a team that drafted Greg Oden over Kevin Durant right Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan or, or who drafted <laughs> Michael Candy, like you oh, that's true, yeah. You, you just or, or drafting Bowie, who I, I saw a great documentary on Sam Bowie yeah. recently over Michael Jordan. But Sam Bowie would have stayed healthy. He would have probably been a great player. So you just that's why I don't really think it's smart to tank because you just don't know what's going to happen to the player. 
I, I hear you. And this seems like a draft that's pretty deep. I mean, how yeah. many – do you like this draft? I love it. Um, I think it's probably starred – the star potential about top six, I think. Yeah. Possible stars. After that, just really good players, good role players. I, I think it's about 12, 13 deep as far as really, really good players and then everybody else to be determined. All right, you got to catch a train here, right? Yeah, do you hear, do you hear that, that beeping noise? That beeping noise, that's uh, Mark Spears trying to get on a train. All right, so where can we find you, Mark? You, you're, at uh, Spears, oh, at Mark J. Spears ESPN. You can find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh-oh. Follow the gram, as they say. Are you out there taking pictures of you in the DR? I think, uh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't put none of my personal, personal, oh, really? personal in there, my vacation. Uh, but I, I do have some cool pics on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. And obviously, you can find my work on uh, the Undefeated ESPN's yep. uh, website, www.theundefeated.com. <laughs> uh, so, Please check me out and keep doing that great work, Ham. All right. Thanks for stopping by, man, and enjoy your, your train ride back to the we city. we got to get you on. I, I don't want you to be afraid of the train anymore. Your train is your friend. The train is my friend. Yes. Maybe one of these At days I'll take, take the train. Davis one of these times I'll take the train down. I, I would love to take the train down during the playoffs so I don't have to yeah, drive all that way. Yeah, take it to a Warriors game and then take it back. There we go. All right. Mark J. Spears, ESPN, undefeated. Thanks for dropping by. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, Doug, we're back. There you go. Good stuff, Ham. I see you. This is the NBC Sports Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. Fresh, never-frozen beef is what makes Wendy's the official hamburger of the NCAA. Download the Wendy's app now for exclusive offers. Fresh beef available in the U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Again, I am James Ham. Doug Christie joining me. Uh, Doug, again, we're we're getting ready for the uh, the tenth. Uh, the, the 73rd game of the season, 10 games left. Right. Uh, it's the Atlanta Hawks. We're not going to focus too much on what we're, we might see tonight or, or what we have seen over the last like two weeks as far as wins and losses, but what are the general takeaways that you've had from sort of the performances of players? And I'm just going to gonna start with Buddy Heald because okay. I think Buddy Heald is a guy who, to me, jumps off the table, uh, jumps off the, the box score as someone who's, who's taken some huge strides here. And I want to see more of. He has. I have been, uh, I don't know if the critical is the word I want to use on Buddy. I've just pointed out just from being a player areas that I thought that he could improve in to be more efficient because make no mistake about it, this man has a professional grade jump shot. And what I mean by that is there is always a place in this game for a guy that can shoot the ball the way that Buddy Hill can shoot the basketball. There was just things that at this level, you can't just go about it in a certain way. You got to make sure that you add dimensions to your game and I would agree with you I've watched Buddy continue to improve uh, he, he's he's gone forward he's come back but it's always two step forward one step back two step forward because of his work ethic and his ability to knock down shots is unparalleled I mean he I mean there are other guys that can knock down shots as well but his ability to uh, as of late rebound the basketball and now looking for teammates and the the latter they're looking for teammates, I really think that it helps him 
improve his ability to help the team because now you put the Dina defense on notice that I will pass the basketball, and since you are helping because I have a good jump shot, you're putting my teammates in positions to score, and I'm going to take advantage of that. And when that begins to change, and it does during the course of a game, they start to respect his passing ability. He's getting open more to to shoot the basketball. On the defensive end, he's a, he's a work in progress, but he works really hard on the defensive end. So from a beginning to end looking at the season, his progressional steps have been fantastic with his improvement, Ham. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I have been critical, Doug. Uh, I've been critical of him multiple times. Um, I, I know I, I wrote a piece the other day, and it was 68 games uh, of, of Buddy Hill that I had seen so far. And in those 68 games, I went back. He had one or fewer assists in 34 of those games. Okay. And to me, I mean, it was exactly 50% of his games he'd had either zero or one assist. And I think most of them, uh, there was like a like 18 or 20 that were zero assists. And would you say the, the, the bulk of that was done earlier as opposed to as of late? Well, as of late, like, but we're talking the last five games. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But the light bulb comes on when it comes on. I, I agree. The light bulb does come on when it comes on. And I'm still waiting for the light bulb to come on as far as uh, the free throws. Um, I, I need Buddy Heald to get to the line. That just, just to me, I don't understand how he can't get to the line. Real quickly, I'm going to tell you the next progression is learning how to set picks. And when yeah. you learn how to set picks, and you got guys like Willie Colley Stein, you guys got like Scow, who can catch lobs and things. When you set a pick as a shooter, and you set a good one, Peja was good at this, he's going to get them open. Mm-hmm. And both defenders are going to go help. When that happens, he's going to get the basketball in a free space that is going to cause a defender to run at him with, un- they, they won't have control. Yeah. Meaning that he'll be able to pump fake draw a foul he'll be able to get him in a bad way going to the basket and draw a foul thus your free throws you see that makes perfect sense uh to me though it, it's such a glaring thing i mean i think it's 10 of his last 16 games he hasn't taken a free throw Ugh. and on the season and it, you shoot that good it, yeah it's i mean it's free money yeah. i mean i went back and i looked at a couple other players that are similar to buddy Hield. uh your uh you know your jamal crawford's who uh-huh. jamal's getting old and so he's not getting nearly right. as many free throw attempts as he used to um, but some of the other guys in the league that play a little bit like him, um, you know, uh, Williams from uh, from the Clippers. J.J. Redick? Uh, yeah, J.J. Redick, these guys. Yeah. Um, and they're all averaging, you know, f- six, six and a half uh, free throw attempts a game. Another one, Ham, understanding the penalty. Yeah. Where are you at in time and score? If you get to the penalty and you get the basketball, one dribble, two dribble, pull-ups – you'll start to draw fouls getting into body you'll start to draw fouls once that once that penalty is accomplished during the game buddy hill should be at at a premium at that point him yeah i i agree um but my thing is i i want buddy shooting at least five five free throws a game and with buddy shooting the way that he does shoot i'm gonna say on average he's gonna hit four and a half of those absolutely so he goes from being a 12.5 point per game guy to a 17 point per game guy just by taking more free throws and I'm going to take it a step further if he gets to the free throw line on nights when the jumper's not falling he gets to go there and free money free looks yeah. the ball goes through the basket and once he sees it go through the basket a shot a guy with a shot like that that's the the worst thing I wanted 
Kobe, any of those guys who Allen, you don't want them to go to the line because if they go to the line, Ham, they get to see the ball go through the basket, and holy moly, you're in trouble, man. Yeah, you're in trouble. And the other thing I think I'll point out is that this is a young team. We all know that. But Dave Yeager, he basically only gets his free th- his his timeouts. Uh, most teams, they get all these stoppages during the game to have words with their players during free throws. Well, the Kings just don't take any free throws. They're down to like 16 free throws a game as a team. There is no break. They just they have to figure things out here. And and so that's one thing I think this offseason we're going to focus on with this team is how do they get better. Um, but, Doug, outside of, outside of Buddy, um, we've seen Bogdan take some steps forward, but mm-hmm. then, you know, he's got a little nagging injury now. He also had a stretch where he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. You and I have talked about this. He's been playing for 18 months straight. Uh, and that was a month ago, so let's call it 19. <laughs> yeah, so so that guy's dog-tired. I mean, yeah. I, I think of all the young kings, he's the one that I'll point to and say he has a legitimate issue here where he just has been playing nonstop because of the European game and the way that it went deep into the, the summer. Um, but are you seeing him sort of, even though he is tired, you can see the outlines of what he he's going to be? I, I'm not worried about him. The one thing, it, I wanted to see him in the Olympics and see if I thought that he, if anything jumped off the screen, like he didn't belong. He belonged. He came here. He probably uh, has uh, over-exceeded what I thought that he, he could be. And you pair into that that you get a rookie wall, you get 18, 19 months of straight basketball. The, the one thing about him is he is a gym rat, so it's hard for him to take a day off. And that he's going to have to, as soon as the season's over, hopefully take a little bit of time away and then get right back into it. So for, from that standpoint, I am not worried. The one thing that I really like about him is he has the ability, Ham, to cover so many different um, uh, marks in the stat sheet. There's so many different categories that he touches, meaning that on a night when his jumper's not falling, he'll assist. And if he's uh, not doing that, he'll grab some rebounds. He'll he'll make plays for other guys. So that's the one thing that I really like about him. He's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, um, and then, you know, his backcourt mate, De'Aaron Fox, I, I, we've talked about, we're talking about the three guards here, clearly, to, to begin the show here. Um, but he's been he's been really good in bursts. And he's also been clutch. I, I don't think I've seen a young player who steps up in situations like he has. He's either uh, won or tied a game four times this season in the final seconds. Um, to me, his ability to see the game and say, I have to take over right here, uh, that's what I want to see more of. But also, I'm going to give him a little bit of a break because I can see he's so slight of frame that he is wearing down just like the rest of these guys. I think the one good thing, Doug, is that each of these players were starting to see what their offseason program has to be. And for De'Aaron and for a guy like Justin Jackson, it's like, look, I need you to put on 15 pounds of muscle. So when you start wearing down and you st- you're going to be able to hold your body weight at least until the all-star break, and then hopefully we can keep you there. Um, but so you're not shrinking down the entire season, especially early in his career. Uh, but I want to see his jump shot improve. Uh, I want to see his free throws improve. I want to see his ability to get to the line improve. Um, but I don't know about you, but I, again, I see an outline of a player here. Oh, uh, well, you, you talk about the clutch part of it. 
early on in the season when he was still trying to figure it out, I, I saw that and I talked about it on pre and post. There are times in the game when they're down 15, when they're down 20 points, he'll take the ball and he'll just go, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do it myself. And that's that lets you know that a, a person has the mindset to have the ability to, to make that play, to put it on themselves, to make it. His, his poise and all that stuff. The, the thing that's going to be with De'Aaron is how great is does he want to be? How much of his life is he willing to sacrifice on a day-to-day basis to accomplish the goals? Because everything that you just described, whether it's conditioning, whether it's the physicality, whether it's the jump shot, whether it's the IQ, whatever, it takes time, Ham. It takes time out of your every day, every night, every because there is no time. It could be at 3 in the morning. You watch Floyd Mayweather train whenever. It, it it's are you willing to dedicate that time? And everything is pointing towards the fact that he is. Now we just have to take the offseason, watch him work, and I anticipate him coming back a greater player than he is today. And he is, he, he's, I think, as advertised so far. So what Doug is saying is no more uh, eight hours straight of Call of Duty. No more, no more Fortnite with your boys. Uh, you gotta. I mean, no. But look, if you're gonna, you only have so much time in a day for certain stuff. So if you're gonna do that, something else has to has to suffer. So now that Doug's you can taking do away the honeys. That's what Doug's doing now. Hey, so I hear him. He's what, taking away. Whatever he's taking it away is, the ladies. whatever it is, you got to make sure that you're dedicating to the thing that you that you love and that you want to see succeed, and the thing that you've signed up for to do it. Not everyone does that. Not not everyone wants to do that, and I totally understand that. Uh, I, I what I'm seeing him improve and lets me know that he's working on it. I'm I'm just hoping that he takes that that big step because he has the talent to do it. I, I completely agree. All right, so uh, the two bigs, uh, Justin Jackson. Uh, we'll talk about Justin Jackson just for a sec here. Okay. Justin Jackson. I mean, again, it's clear he has to he has to gain so much weight. He he has to spend the entire off season with the training staff here getting bigger and stronger. Um, that's just completely 100% clear from watching in um, in this first season. And the other thing he needs to do is he has to become a knockdown shooter. He's just not hitting enough of the wide open shots. We're seeing every once in a while he gets his floater going and this floater leads to some other things. And, you know, sometimes he, he has some defensive stops that show you that he can do it and he has the acumen, um, but just strength and uh, and his shooting, I, I mean, is that pretty much what he has to do this offseason? Yeah, you, you look at him and you think uh, Bruce Bowen. You think a guy that can lock people up. Bruce wasn't the biggest guy strength-wise, but he understood leverage and he was strong, meaning that get in there and put your work in and you will get stronger that it just happens because you're putting the work in in the weight room and just uh, all your push-ups and the different things that you need to do to stay uh, physical at this level. The ability to knock down that corner shot, I think that you got to focus on one area of your game that you know that you're going to do and be able to do it at a high level, then slowly expand, a la Kawhi Leonard. Watching him, they put him in the corner at first. All he mm-hmm. was was a defender in the corner. Then he moved from the corner to one dribble. Then he, And before you know it, he's doing everything. Not to say that Justin will be able to to do that but that I think is the progression for him to get better but I think that we see that he can be a pro at this level and that is the number one answer that you gotta that you gotta a question that you need to answer for um, guys coming into the NBA yeah and I completely agree I mean he really does have to figure this out I mean it's on him he's not he's not as young as some of these guys he's not a 19 year old coming into the league he's a 22 year old guy he's already married 
Um, he needs to put in the time and the energy this offseason, and I think he will. I think the Kings are are asking all of their young players to be here. They're going to give them a couple of weeks off to start the summer, but everyone is going to be here working together, uh, getting stronger, getting bigger, working on their game. Um, and, you know, that leads us to the two bigs. Um, to me, Scalabissier has to he, – he needs to have some conversations with himself about uh, about playing through injuries, about, you know – learning what uh, the toughness angle of, of how difficult the NBA is, how you have to dedicate yourself and be there every step of the way. Uh, but also, sometimes you got to play when, when you're hurting. And we've seen him go down with a hip injury again. I'm not going to question his hip injury at all. I watched that fall. I heard the fall. I was worried he uh, potentially broke a shoulder blade on that. You know, he came down on his hip really hard. Um, but... That's something he's going to need to work on this offseason is getting uh, stronger, uh, more consistent, playing outside of his zone, uh, rebounding outside of his zone. Uh, but, you know, hitting a, a spot where maybe he's uncomfortable and then fighting through that uncomfortableness and, and becoming something bigger and better. Would you agree? Yes, I, I would. There, there's one part when, I, when I'm listening to you. When I look at Scal, part of, I, I think, is losing the roboticness, lo- losing the, uh, the coach tells you what to do and you go do it. There has to be just getting in the gym and playing with the game and going and playing pickup and and not with yeah. guys that you know people that you don't know that don't know your moves and just the you know one-on-one and just enjoying the game so that you have that that innate ability to just respond as opposed to trying to do a certain thing at this level when you do it robotically that way it's really hard to succeed it has to be intuitive it has to just happen as it goes so uh, all the strength all the different things that you mentioned I agree that part I don't worry about with Scout because I see him working all the time yeah, it's that now you gotta you gotta work here, but then you gotta go away and you gotta own it on your own and you gotta massage it on your own and you have to make it make it something that is fluid as opposed to something that is rigid. And a lot of the times, I, he's improving. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm seeing moves now, one dribble pull ups and different things, and and he's reading the defense better. That's that's what he has to do. The ability to read and react as opposed to the static that we've seen sometimes yeah I think with Scal I'll point this out too he really does play like a a young guy who really hasn't played that much and he hasn't he didn't play a senior year in high school he barely played at all his one year at Kentucky Um, you know he came to the United States when he was 13 Um, so his his basketball sort of the feel for the game isn't there where that's where Harry Giles everything you hear about Harry Giles is his feel for the game it's just incredible. Now, quickly, I want to cover Willie Cauley-Stein, um, and then we're going to get to some draft stuff uh, because both of us have been watching tournament like crazy. Um, Willie, to me, uh, here in the last, I don't know, since the back injury, but maybe even a little bit before that, we're starting to see a little bit of a regression. And uh, this is last season where he started to take off and become this monster and really give people something to smile about. Um, but right now we're starting to see him, you know, I did my, my youth movement rankings and I had him at number five as far as, you know, I started with Buddy because I think Buddy's played incredible and I give props where props are due. Bogdan followed by De'Aaron, um, followed by Scal because I think Scal statistically has stepped up above 
where Willie is. But what are you seeing from Willie? Is he wearing out? Is it the back injury? Is it uh, something different? I don't know. You know, I I think there was an initial injury before the back injury that kind of derailed him a little bit. But even so, what would impress me is that he tried to play through both of them. And I thought that that was quite impressive by Willie. But I will say this. There, there has to be a level of consistency that comes along with this, and no one's going to make excuses for you. It's just not the way that this league is built. And you have to figure out a way that you are consistent at a certain level out here every single night. There's no way that Willie doesn't walk off this floor every single night with just about a double-double. It, yeah. it, it, that should be his staple. Now, to the uh, – to the greatness of that double-double, that will be on him. Could it be 25 and 15 some nights? Yeah, it could, but it must be 10 and 10 because you have that type of ability. And I think just sometimes, and this is, you know, a lot of people say when I reference Willie as a young player, they oh, well, he's not young. He's been in the league for three years and this and that. I look at him the same way I look at Scow. He didn't play a lot, uh, and when he did play at Kentucky, they had him rim running and certain things like that. So uh, it's not an excuse, in my opinion, it's a reality. He has shown flashes. The problem is he's shown us. Yeah. Now it's your Once up you to you. Yep. Yeah, that's right. It's up to you to own it and come out here every single night. And part of it, I want to say this, part of it is the willingness to give up the energy a la Kevin Garnett. That was part of Kevin Garnett's greatness is that he was just going to work really hard. Every night it didn't happen. The shots didn't fall every night. But through his working, double-double every yeah. night. And I'm not comparing him to Kevin Garnett, but he has that type of size and that type of athleticism. It's the fire and the willingness to, to, to go after it and make yourself what you called earlier uncomfortable that Willie just has to gain the consistency. All right, so, Doug, let's, let's flash through this. We, we both watched a lot of tournament. Um, for me, I watched uh, DeAndre Ayton, and I unfortunately was let down. Um, I think he's still the top pick in this draft. Yeah. But I saw some some glaring, glaring things stuck out to me. Uh, he doesn't do his work early to get down in the post and to get position. Um, all of his, uh, his post-up moves were pinned downs, looking for a ball over the top. I thought his screens were some of the worst screens I've ever seen. He didn't even come close to getting into anyone on a screen. He set picks five, six feet away from everybody and made his guards bring people to him. I didn't see him crash the boards. Uh, you know, I, I saw him rebound, and when he was in position to rebound, he was a beast. And when he did get the ball in the post, he was a beast. Um, but he's got a lot of work to do, and his basketball IQ has a lot of work. I mean, he's got to really work on understanding the game. You know, I, so so some of the things that you said I saw, but some of the things that you said I saw him do really well earlier in the year. And what I think part of it is, Ham, is there's a laziness to any athlete when you find that you can get away with something. I and, guess, yeah. you know, with that type of size, that type of athleticism, that type of talent, he's like, oh, half pick, oh, this. Now that speaks to greatness and how great do you want to be. For him to do early work and all the things that you talked about, he's going to have to get up facing like a Willie Cauley-Stein, like a Tyson Chandler. And when you're facing these guys who are big as you and they're as athletic as you every single night, you're going to find if you really want to be successful, you got to do your work early. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So from that standpoint, I see I see the lump of clay that can be. It's going to be where does he want to go, how good does he want to be at this level because he has a skill set that there are only a few, DeMarcus, uh, Joel 
Embiid, AD. There's only a few, and, and all of those bigs are super great. So from that standpoint, you see what it is. But uh, I've seen him rebound outside of his zone and track the ball and different things. I agree with you. In the first game in the tournament when they got bounced out, he didn't do those things. Force of will upon the game when you are that great is a must. Okay, so we're running out of time. Doug's got to go do his radio show. But, Doug, I uh, I picked in my first mock draft, I, I put Mikhail Bridges up at number seven where the Kings are drafting, mainly because Doncic and Porter are going to be gone. Um, but you and I both have watched enough of both Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, Mikhail, yep. uh, and Miles. Miles. And I, I'm with you. I, I like Miles Bridges' game more than I like Mikhail Bridges' game, but I think Mikhail Bridges might fit what the Kings are trying to do. I'm, I'm a little torn with these two, yeah. um, but I'll say this. When I watch Mikhail Bridges play, it took me about a game and a half before I even really recognized who he was on the court the whole time. He does not stand out. He does his job. He's got a huge wingspan. He can shoot the three. Uh, he got hot in the second half of his second game. Um, but outside of that, Miles Bridges, when you watch him, you know instantly who Miles Bridges is. He's Absolutely. a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, when when I watch Mikael Bridges, he reminds me of Justin Jackson, but maybe better and a little longer, maybe more defensive-oriented, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit more polished of a jump shot. Uh, he also reminds me that the fact that I only see him at a three, maybe he could stick two sometimes, that or threes yes. and twos, that's where I see him. When I look at Miles Bridges, he can go two, three, and four, and stretch four may be the place that he, he may end up really being successful a la um, Draymond Green. But at the three position, with that type of athleticism and that type of size that he has, six, seven-ish, and a 40-inch vertical or whatever he has, but he's also 225, 230 pounds, that, that's elite. Can he step in front of guards and play them? Yeah, he's going to have to work because most guys who are athletic like him, they use their athleticism as opposed to technique. So he needs to learn technique on the defensive end. But uh, if the Kings in, in, end up with either one of those guys, I, I think we would be happy. I, I've said it before, I'm more of a, a miles Bridges guy, but I see the value as I continue to watch Mikael Bridges. He is a he is a good player. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. The diversity that you get with Miles Bridges leads me more to him, especially with the Kings' needs. It's one player that fits two needs. There we go. You've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. If you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.